inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is gonna be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy and teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott V. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Have you ever wondered, have you ever wondered why people do what they do? Uh, Let's be honest, have you ever wondered why you do what you do? Have you ever wondered where the genesis of it? You know, when did I start doing that? Or have you ever wondered, when did I stop doing that? Right? Today, I'm going to continue a series that I began last week before I got sick (laughs) about leadership principles. You know, my forte is leadership development. If you go to likeitmatters.net, 31 years now, I've been doing intensive leadership training. And, you know, leadership versus management. I was with a, talking to a friend the other day about what is the difference. And, you know, I believe most training out there called leadership training, uh, even though it's good training, is really management training. It's technique. It's do A, B, C, and D, and then E might take place. But leadership development, leadership training is different. See, I believe in order for training to be true leadership training, it must impact you at a personal level because we lead people, we manage things. And one of the great qualities of an effective leader is the ability to motivate. I remember years ago, I was watching uh, Fox News and um, um, one of the famous coach, I think it was uh, the Bears, the Bears, Mike Ditka, was on there, and uh, he was asked by one of the reporters, uh, you know, I've been told you're, you're a great motivator, that, you know, Coach Ditka's a great motivator, and he said his secret to motivation is to put motivated people around him. But one must ask ourselves, what is motivate? And we're going to talk about the day. Because motivation is the ability to move somebody. And as a leader... I believe it's one of our greatest, greatest abilities. See, leadership development is really personal growth. And personal growth is flat out the most difficult type of growth there is because in order to grow as a person, we have to be willing to accept the possibility that maybe we're not perfect. Maybe we don't have all the answers. Maybe even though we're doing better schmo next door, the lady in the cubicle next to us, maybe, just maybe, there's still room for improvement. And so that requires getting beyond the ego. And if we're going to get beyond the ego, then we got to get beyond the spirit of offense. And that is the spirit of America today. The spirit of America today is not God. It's the spirit of offense. And when we're so wrapped up and being offended by every dog whistle, by every eye look, by every tick of the tongue, by every cross look, whatever it is, Because we all know the center of the world is us, right? (laughs) And so that's why we start with leadership, because we got to lead. Not a lot of good leadership going on right now. And today we're going to really get into that. Leadership development is really personal growth. See, we lead people and manage things. 
since the commodity of leadership is people, and people are the components in relationships, in trauma, in drama, and since if you look in the mirror, let's be honest, we are a people. You look in the mirror, you see a people, a person. And since you're a people, and you meet another people, and you fall in love, and you procreate little people, and you sell to people, and you buy from people, and you interact with people, and you are a people, shouldn't you know people? I mean, it's logic, right? If you're in the computer business, you understand computers. And I don't care what we do for a living, if we get a paycheck or not, if we call ourselves gainfully employed or a nonprofit, <laughs> we're all in the people business. And what we got to understand is this thing about behavior reinforcement and behavior modification. Today's leadership principle that I'm going to cover, because this is a leadership principle, is any behavior reinforced with a positive outcome will repeat itself. Which takes us back to the original statement I make lots of times about leaders. One of the keys for leaders is what do we do with our past? You know, there's an article in uh, Inc. magazine. Uh, it was uh, by Marcel Schwantz. It's called Make the Ask. It says, Steve Jobs may longer, no longer be with us, but Apple's co-founder continues to make a lasting impact that will last for generations. In a classic 1994 interview, Jobs illustrated an uncommon habit, uncommon habit found in the most successful people. Most people never pick up the phone and call. Most people never ask. And that's what separates the people who do things from the people who just dream about them. Jobs explains in the interview that at the age of 12, he mustered up the courage to call up none other than Bill Hewlett, the co-founder of Hewlett-Packard. The ask... I want to build a frequency counter, and I was wondering if you have any spare parts that I could have, said Jobs. Amused at the boldness of the boy on the other end of the line, Hewlett laughed and gave Jobs the spare parts. Oh, and a separate job at HP. Jobs says, I was in heaven. See, this single phone impacted Job's life. That one phone call, reaching out, taking a chance, taking a risk. And it taught him one of the greatest lessons of his brilliant career. Be willing to ask for something you want. You know, even the Bible says that you'll never have or you don't have because you don't ask. I remember one of the women I dated one time, uh, she said, you know, my dad taught me when I was younger, you'll never get what you don't ask for. It's just interesting. In so many businesses today, fear keeps people from being open to asking for what they want and seeking help from the bosses, peers, and colleagues. And by the way, that's not just in business. That's in personal life. Fear of rejection, fear of embarrassment, low self-esteem, low self-worth, wanting to be liked, having to be perfect, fear of embarrassment, lack purpose, not good enough, they're all over. According to research published in Harvard Business Review, 75 to 90% of all people at work give to one another starts with making an ass. Think about that. 75 to 90% of all help people at work give to one another starts with an ask. 
However, many individuals refrain from asking for what they need as their managers and executives do not encourage or reinforce this behavior. Consequently, nothing ends up happening most of the time. And today on Like It Matters Radio, we're going to talk about this. We are creatures of habit. Remember, as little kids, we're little meaning makers. By the time a child is five years old, a majority of their map of reality is in place. That's why we talk about the study of logotherapy. Logotherapy is the pursuit of meaning for one's life. And how do we create meaning? Through the structure of our belief systems, minutia meaning, little interactions. Why, Daddy? Why, Daddy, did he do that? Why, Mommy, did she do that? Why do we say that when that happens? Why do they do that when they meet? Why do they do that when they... We're creating our map of reality. And as little meaning makers, we got to understand that behavior that is reinforced by a positive outcome will tend to repeat itself. And today we want to be local and we want to be global. Today we want to ask this question of ourselves and we want to ask this question of our environment. What are we getting and why are we getting it? Remember, it was that famous scientist, that pretty smart dude called Einstein who defined insanity this way, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Why that smart scientist said, that's just wacko, that's just crazy, oh pollo loco, it's crazy chicken. Ladies and gentlemen, I might be a lot of things, but el pollo loco is not one of them. Today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about leadership principles. Today, we're specifying any behavior reinforced with a positive outcome will repeat itself. We'll be right back after these messages. If I was your mother and you had a drug problem, I'd grab you by the ear and make you call and get help. You can be in treatment tomorrow and start to get clean in seven days. Follow mom's advice and call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. Write this number down. 800-210-7907. 800-210-7907. That's 800-210-7907. What can you do in 48 hours that changes your life? Like It Matters Leadership Awakening. Listen to this 22-year law enforcement veteran with PTSD compare Leadership Awakening to other training he's received. You focus on the individual. I think you kind of answered the why question, whereas a lot of the other programs that are out there, I don't want to say they put a Band-Aid on it, but they don't do a very good job of going into the why. And, you know, why am I doing this? Why is my brain uh, revert back to the images? You know, why do I get depressed? And like you said, right, it's a choice. 48 hours. Give Mr. Black and Leadership Awakening just 48 hours and it will change the course of your life. Go to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule for Leadership Awakening near you. That's likeitmatters.net. Just click on Schedule. Leadership Awakening, where 48 hours will change your life. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black. And boy, oh boy, do I have a lot of change coming up, ladies and gentlemen. Boy, I am pumped. Uh, I got a leadership awakening class this weekend in Dallas, Fort Worth. We got a full class, 12 people, 12 souls 
who are going to get the ultimate in behavior modification <laughs> or get the ultimate in behavior uh, reinforcement, if you will. You know, it's the old carrot and the stick. It is a leadership principle. How do you move people? You know, leadership's about movement, about moving people from point A to point B. You can define what those points are. You can call them whatever pretty fluffy words you want. But really, essence, leadership is about moving people. A good leader in corporations allowed to move people to a point to where they're profitable to the shareholders. Jesus was able to move people to put their life on line. I mean, think about it. Uh, Why Jesus walked this planet, his brothers thought he's a nut job. Came to his house. You better get Jesus out of here. They're going to kill him. He's claiming to be God. And then James, after his death and resurrection, becomes the first leader of the Jerusalem church. And James dies a brutal death because he refused to deny the deity of his half-brother. And so he was thrown from the top of a pinnacle, just like Jesus was tempted. And when he got to the ground, he wasn't dead, so they clubbed him to death with a hammer because he would not deny the deity of Christ. Boy, talk about being motivated. What motivated James, the half-brother of our Lord, to go from calling Jesus a lunatic to calling him Lord, where he gave his life beaten to death, instead of denying his deity. That's leadership. Talk about movement. Man, some of you used to be pro, pro-choice, pro and now you're pro-life. You call that movement. That's a big movement. See, we are products of our programming. A mother was teaching her daughter the family recipe for making a whole baked ham. It was the very best ham anybody had ever had. So they always followed the recipe carefully because no one knows how to do it, like mama. They prepared the marinade, they scored the skin, put in the clothes, and then came a step the daughter never really understood. But she did it anyways. The instruction said to cut off the ends of the ham. Now every year this daughter did this, but it didn't make any sense. Year after year, though, she did it because that's what you do. But as she got a little more mature, she finally got the gumption to ask Mama, Hey, Mama, why do we cut off the ends of the ham? Doesn't that make the ham dry out? It doesn't make sense, but it was a great ham. Love the ham. Want to follow instructions, Mom. I'm not disrespecting. Just want to know. Why? We cut off the ends of the ham. You know, said the mother, I, I don't know. That's just the way grandma taught me. Well, you know, I thought about that too. And that is a good question. And you know what? I, I never thought to ask. But let's, let's find out. Let's call grandma and ask. So they called grandma. Got grandma on the phone. Hey, grandma. Why do we cut off the ends of the ham? Is it to let the marinade in? Is it to get it juicier? Or what? I mean, what? What's the purpose? 
with that, Grandma said no. To be honest, I cut the ends off because that's how Mama taught me. I added the marinade step later because I was worried about the ham drying out. But, you know, never thought to ask that question. So let's call great grandma and let's ask her. So they all got together and they called the assisted living facility where great grandma was still living. And the old woman got on the phone and listened to the gaggle and their questions. And all of a sudden, there's a little silence on the phone, and all of a sudden, they hear laughing. Great-grandma started laughing. And when she was done laughing, she said, oh, for heaven's sake, I cut off the ends of the ham because we were so poor, we couldn't afford a big enough pan for a whole ham. How many things in our lives are just like that. See, as little kids, we're working to figure things out. We don't know anything. We're little meaning makers. And it's our parents' responsibility. It's society's responsibility. It's our leaders, our mentors' responsibility to create culture. And culture is a series of repeated norms, acceptable behaviors, patterns of behavior. And there are certain patterns that are looked upon kindly, and there are certain patterns that are looked upon poorly. But just like a foreigner in a strange land, how do you know? How do you know unless there's someone to preach? How do you know unless there's someone to teach? How do you know what you don't know? And so we got to realize that life has choices. And these choices have consequences. And if choices don't have consequences, that's a problem. Because what happens is then we no longer have the ability to modify those. No longer ability to change our behavior, to change what we're doing. And we gotta understand it's called conditioning. You remember a guy called Ivan Pavlov, right? Russian psychologist, famously known for his studies with the dogs, right? Pavlov's dogs, right? He'd ring a bell, bring him food, and tied that together. So after a while, that whenever the dogs heard the bell, they were excited about getting the food. And so eventually just ringing the bell even when the ivan wasn't there wasn't bringing food the dogs got hungry it's a study about dogs digestive function that dogs salivated whenever he delivered food to them in a series of experiments about the phenomenon pavlov introduced various stimuli before giving the dogs food and he noted an association between the stimuli and the salivation a stimulus is anything that arouses energy or activity in someone or something. Pavlov's reflexes, or I should say Pavlov named the dog's responses conditional reflexes and discovered that the reflexes came from the cerebral cortex of the dog's brain. Now listen carefully. Classical conditioning is learning through association. That's it. 
and we are conditioned, we are programmed creatures. It refers to linking two stimuli to create a new response from a person or an animal. This is where behavior modification, behavior reinforcement comes in. A conditioned response is an aspect of classical conditioning. Due to the learned behavior that does not come naturally, it requires the combination of a neutral stimulus. A school of science known as behaviorism was founded based on conditioning. Behaviorism is a theory of learning which states that all behavior results from conditioning. That's what it is. The theory of learning which states that all behavior results from conditioning. It is the carrot and the stick. This is what our judicious system was supposed to be like. We're scared straight. See, under the laws of motivation, you can find something called neuroassociative conditioning. Knack. Tony Robbins did a lot of work with him. Neuroassociative conditioning basically goes into the concept that there are two driving forces in life. There are two motivators, two things when you get right down to it that move us. We either are moving towards something we like we're, or we are moving away from something we don't like. We're either moving towards pleasure or we're moving away from pain. But this is why it's so important to understand logotherapy. We make meaning. We have to understand as a child, if A, then B. If A, and if A is something good, if I do something good, something positive, something constructive, I get rewarded. I get a reward. I get something, a treat, whatever it is. If, when I choose to do something that is not constructive, that is not uh, a blessing, that is not positive, whatever words you want to use, there's lots of words in the English language, then I get penalized. It was one of the reasons why I got out of the military. I was in the Army at 17 years old. I'm on my own at 16, uh, I'm in the Army at 17, graduated high school on my own. Uh, and I wind up getting out of the army because I realized that no matter what I did, no matter how good I was, the guy who enlisted before me would always be in charge, always be ahead of me. And I'm a believer in a meritocracy. Reward me if I'm doing well, punish me if I'm not, the old carrot and the stick. So let me ask you something. How do you move yourself? How do you move others? If you don't have lines in the sand, if you don't have consequences for choices, why would anybody choose to make different choices? See, everything we do and do not do is driven by belief. And we understand that there are consequences and we understand that we are called to a certain standard and we understand that certain things are acceptable and certain things are not. Then, now, we're dealing with behavior modification and behavior reinforcement. And that is Leadership 101. Today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about any behavior reinforced with a positive outcome will repeat itself. We'll be right back. My show is about helping people become all they were created to be. Well, we all occupy a body and we don't know how it works. We were born into it. But man, that's a machine. 
And when you understand how that machine works, then you can work it more effectively. That's my outcome, to help people be able to make better decisions, have some hope, be inspired to be better today than they were yesterday, to live their life like it matters. Like It Matters Radio with Scott Black. Hey, listen, are you a 50-year-old person looking for term life insurance? Then you need to talk to Bob. Bob specializes in helping people find a million dollars or more of term life insurance for a couple of hundred bucks a month. Look, you need to know there's a price war in the term life insurance business and you may be paying too much. Call Bob and he'll shop and see how much money he can save you. Look, this could be the last term life insurance policy you ever have. Your rates are guaranteed for the next 20 years. That's right, guaranteed level rates for the next 20 years. And if you're a smoker or your health is not perfect, Bob has great rates for you too. So for a million dollars of term life insurance coverage for a couple of hundred bucks a month, Call Bob right now. 800-890-5049. 800-890-5049. 800 That's 800-890-5049. Paid for by Term Direct. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. And please... We need your help. Follow and subscribe to our podcast, Living Life Like It Matters. We have two podcasts, Living Life Like It Matters and Like It Matters Radio. Now, Like It Matters Radio is on the radio Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 12 noon Central Standard Time. You can listen live by going to freedom1570.com anywhere in the world. And then right afterwards, uh, my producers put it on likeitmattersradio.com. So you can listen to that show and many others. It's also a place wherever you find any podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, everything. Please download, share, listen to it, okay? We get points, we get credits, which allows us to monetize, which allows us to grow, which allows us to change more lives, which allows us the prayer of Jabez to expand my territory, increase my responsibility, and keep me from pain. So, very important. And then we got Living Life Like It Matters. Now, that's a bi-weekly podcast. Again, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everything, please share it. Right now, it's a, it's a troubling time. People are sick. People are, are lonely. People are angry. People are bitter. People are being manipulated. People are helpless and hopeless. People believe that no matter what, nothing's going to change. That is what helpless and hopeless is. See, that is one of the saving graces of behavior modification. See, just like children, we like boundaries. We like to know where the lines are. Yeah, we still push the lines. We still push the envelope. But that's what behavior modification is about. There's a clear set rules, clear set of rules. Uh, If A, then B. And conversely, if not A, then not B. See, we can make sense of it. Right now, there's a lot of confusion. This is what the penal system was always about. When I was a kid, there was something called a scared straight, where they would take these, you know, these people who hadn't screwed up too bad yet, but they were getting in the, the bad life. They were starting to gangbang. They were starting to do drugs. They were starting to play with guns and all that. And so they wanted to realize, man, you're going down a path that if you don't change it, you're gonna, it's going to be ugly, but they wouldn't believe them. So what they did is they started this process called scared straight. And they would take these, these young people who pretended to be hardened, but hadn't been hardened yet, and they showed them. 
and they took them into these gangbangers who are in prison. These people who murdered the people who have experienced the worst of prison life. And they say, if this is your future, if you don't change. Yeah. And that's what it was meant to do. Remember, uh, you know, Sam Kinison, I think of Sam Kinison, whenever I don't know why I think of Sam Kinison, I think of uh, the Christmas story, right? The Christmas future. That was behavior modification. Don't you understand what that was all about? The Christmas past, the Christmas present, and the Christmas future. And the Christmas future was so scary that Ebenezer Screws would change his way. And bah humbug went to Merry Christmas. That's what's missing in the world today. That clarity, that confusion is now reigning supreme. I do a lot of prison work. I go into the jails, uh, although they've been locked down here in Texas because of drugs, uh, and I, I, I minister to people. You know, Jesus said that's true religion, uh, people that visit, people who have no hope. And so uh, he used to be a friend of mine. He went to my kid's school. Uh, one day the police were at my kid's school and arrest him because, and please, if there's any kids listening, hit the mute button right now or push the ears away right now. Because he was the second person in 12 months at my kid's school, which I love my kid's school, who was arrested for having inappropriate physical interactions with kids. One of them was a high school basketball coach, junior high basketball coach, who this girl, the star student of the basketball team, would travel with her family, and this coach would go along. Uh, and he was taken... Uh, relations with this woman girl 14 year old girl 13 year old girl at school in the gym on vacations with the kids family but this guy a year later who preached they call him preacher was arrested because his stepdaughter he was doing terrible things and so here's a letter i got from him 12 25 20 and i thought i'd share it with you a little scared straight 2000 days is a long time. Roughly 2,000 days ago, more actually, a man, man known as Preach left his children and life behind so that he could live among murderers, thieves, rapists, and other such unsavorable people more than 2,000 days ago. A little more than 2,000 days from now, Preach's youngest son will turn 18 and will legally become eligible to communicate with his father. What could he possibly care to say at that point? Dad, screw you. I've been waiting 11 years to say that. I was seven when you went to jail. Do you have any idea what it's been like a seven-year-old at school thinking your dad went on some kind of trip and the other kid telling me that you're really in jail? Yeah, that happened. Preach pauses and sobs while he considers his son's feelings during this event. But you don't care about that. All you cared about was hedonism. Well, I hope you're getting all you wanted in prison. As for me, I'm a man now. I grew up without you. I needed you, but you weren't there. So don't ever think of connect contacting me. That sounds about right. What else could someone be expected to say or feel after so long without his father? What would Preach's response be? Eric, I'm so sorry for what you went through. Words. Who cares about words? What Eric needs is love, not words. And love takes time, and the time is lost 
words won't suffice. What will Susie's letter be like when she's 18 right now? She spent almost half her life without me, her father. Her letter will be written seven years from now. Daddy, she'll probably call him daddy. Sorry. On my 18th birthday, I received a box of hundreds of letters that you wrote to me while you were locked up. You wrote almost every week. I don't understand. If you love me so much, why did you hurt my stepsister and go to prison? Mom doesn't talk about you much anymore, but if anything, she says it's true. I shouldn't trust you, and I'm never safe around you. I want communication with you, but only on my terms. Letters only for now. I'm not ready to see or hear from your voice yet. So let me tell you what the past dozen years have been like for a girl whose father is a sex offender. Preach lies on his back and cries. And he spends another Christmas separated from his children. Will they ever be united? Can the past be repaired? Can he even make it another 2,000 days? And then another 1,400 after that until he discharges a sentence? Time may not seem like much to you, the reader, but Preach is becoming painfully aware of the significant, unrepairable effects of lost time. 2,000 days down. Merry Christmas. Sean Lyons. See, we used to have a, a standard that you kept a certain standard, and if you violated that standard, there was repercussions. But we don't have that standard, and why does that matter? Because globally we don't have it, have it. and if we don't have it globally, we're losing it locally as well. Kids are being disrespectful, disrespectful to their parents. People go to school or don't go to school. Have you been to a store lately? Employees show up and don't show up. Have you been to a restaurant lately? Service doesn't matter. You're lucky I showed up for my job. I got this article here and you've seen it. You hear about all these shoppers. Do you see what's going on in San Francisco? Because there's no rule of law anymore. There's no standard anymore. We just make it up as we go. I got this article from Paul Morrow, Fox News, said the shoplifting crisis is a nightmare. Here are five things as ex-New York PD, NYPD inspector wants you to know. Zero cash bail is to blame for sma brazen smash and grab robberies. So just now Chicago, I'm pretty sure, became the first city with no cash bail. In other words, you can kill somebody and be out in the street a couple hours later. It happens all the time in Chicago. It happens in New York. And so here are the consequences. See, this is what we got to realize is behavior modification. How do you change behavior? How do you reinforce behavior? There has to be consequences. And our shoplifting crisis is a perfect example of what's going on. Nowadays, people organize. They go in, they steal thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of stuff, and nothing happens. And it happened with the riots. And it happened with all the riots where people could kill cops and people could burn down cities. And as long as you're black, as long as you're a liberal, as long as you're a Democrat, there are no consequences. But now you look, if you don't believe the right things, they will hunt you down three years later uh, for you know, for a, a violation of, of sp throwing something on the sidewalk if you were there January 6th. You got to understand that we need boundaries.
Many crimes go unreported today because victims feel the system won't help them. And so they're afraid that if they say something, the cops aren't going to show up anyways, and then the bad guys will come and get them. Many crimes today go unreported because victims feel the system won't help them. Many of these large shoplifting groups are organized. It's planned. It's called reparations. And this was the beginning with, with uh, you know, he started making exceptions. He started feeling sorry for people. A victim triangle, you know, the, the drama triangle with the victim, the persecutor. See, it all comes down to consequences. How do you change behavior? And after the break, I want you to know, believe it or not, it's really hard to change behavior in a good way. For some reason, we can do it unconsciously. For some reason, we can be manipulated and changed. But after the break, I want to give you eight reasons why it's so hard to change your behavior. Because a leadership principle that every leader needs to understand is any behavior reinforced with a positive outcome will repeat itself. And what we got to ask ourselves, what behaviors up until now have we been reinforcing? After the break, we'll go through the eight reasons why it's so hard to change your behavior. Give me 48 hours and I will give you a new beginning. Give me 48 hours and I will give you hope. Give me 48 hours and I will give you your power back. Because between the stimulus and the response, there is a space. And in that space is your freedom. It is your power. At Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, 48 hours will change the course of your life. Discover the very purpose of your life, along with the ability to achieve. Give Mr. Black 48 hours in the next Leadership Awakening. Sign up at likeitmatters.net slash schedule. I could listen to any national big personality like Glenn Beck or Dave Ramsey, but the way Scott Black applies his academic approach to the average person is so much more relatable. Hey, this is Brett from Sacramento. On the Like It Matters radio show, Scott encompasses a 360-degree view of day-to-day life. So that obviously starts with spirituality and branches out into leadership, branches out into your workplace, social issues, family issues, local issues, national issues, political issues. If you're able to clearly see kind of where you're at, what your purpose is, everybody needs this. It is life-changing. You know Like It Matters Radio brings truth therapy. Here's what you can do to help share this truth. Please call the program manager of your local radio station and ask them to add Like It Matters Radio to their schedule. Like It Matters Radio is radio like it matters. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters. Inspiration, education, and application. I am black, and I am in the classroom the next two weekends. Uh, This coming weekend, uh, Thursday, September 19th, or sorry, 21st, uh, we're going to be in Dallas-Fort Worth, a leadership awakening. Uh, Twelve people, my first class I haven't done with my wife in forever. I'm separating out my business and my marriage so I can uh, take my uh, business to the next level. It's time to regroup, and uh, the world needs what I'm doing right now. I feel like I'm having an Esther moment that I've been prepared for such a time as this. We're screwed up mentally. We're struggling. We're being manipulated. Fifth generation warfare. There's propaganda. Uh, I've been prepared for this battle. Uh, The battle's in the mind. Uh, Transform your thinking. It was Dr. Viktor Frankl who said between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is your power, it's your freedom. 
And so, man, if you want to fight the good fight and win the good fight between the stimulus and response, get your butt in a class. Go to likeitmatters.net. We will be in Minneapolis. Our first time in Minneapolis, man, it's been a couple months, if not a close to a year. Uh, yeah, I'm glad to be back on the October 16th through 18th. Let's get butts in chairs and butts in chairs, and then I'll be back in Vegas uh, in November. Go to likeitmatters.net to read about that. And by the way, for those of you that love uh, a good, uh, some good manna in the morning, some food from heaven, uh, man, I've been on fire with my daily text. I've been doing a daily text for 12 years every single day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Go to www.wayofwarrior.blog, wayofwarrior.blog. Uh, and if you go down the bottom right, you'll see a thing that says follow. You can type in your email address there. Uh, and then every day that I post, and it's real, it's meat and taters. It ain't some ordiorv. Uh, it's good. So uh, wayofwarrior.blog. Put in your email address there under follow. Uh, and every day I post, it will send it right to you. So I wanted to give you a nugget. You know, we can talk about uh, any behavior reinforced with a positive outcome or repeat itself. It's based on the basics of behavior modification. Uh, one of the qualities of a leader is the ability to motivate, to move people. Uh, and so if, you, if you're going to move people, you got to understand people. And I always believe we start with ourselves. Uh, you know, the reason why I do what I do is I had a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. And in 35, 40 years, I want to process the pain and trauma and drama from my childhood, from the psychosis, psychology, all that. Uh, I learned a lot about people by learning a lot about me uh, because I am a people just like you're a people. Uh, and so, man, if, if you can't make it work in your life, then will it work in someone else's life? And just because it does work in your life doesn't mean it won't work in somebody else's life or will work. And just because something else doesn't work in someone else's life doesn't mean it won't work in your life. You've got to test things out, but you can look at patterns. And so I got this article a while back uh, from Psychology Today, uh, eight reasons why it's so hard to change your behavior. Because I believe that we have to realize that the one person we have absolute control over is ourselves. See, I can encourage you to change. I can inspire you to change. But I can't make you change. The, the old saying is you can lead a horse water, but you cannot make it drink. Even God is not a spiritual rapist. He doesn't force himself on anybody. All whosoever will. Whosoever. People always ask, well, am I a child of God? And I always ask them, do you crave God? Do you desire God? Do you want to be a child of God? Well, I don't know. Then I'd say probably not, right? Maybe you are. You just haven't figured it out yet, but probably not. God chose some. God didn't choose others. I know some of you hate that. It's reality. I don't know how he did it, why he did it. He sits above time. Maybe he saw all of our choices and realized who would. I don't know. That's between you and God, not me and God. It's uh, need-to-know basis. So what I want to share with you now is eight ways, uh, reasons why change is so hard for ourselves. Because if we can't change ourselves, how can we be teaching other people to change? I've done a lot of change. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of change uh, right in front of me right now. A lot of change. Matter of fact, uh, 917, this is what I wrote myself, notes to myself transitioning. I said, I'm in a weird place. I'm uncomfortable, unknowing, and unsure of what the future holds, but have a feeling it's an Esther moment. I've been prepared for such a time as this. I'm lonely and have very little concrete to hold on to. I have little sight but a surety that God is in control. 
I'm a bit somber, even on edge. Not sure who's friend, who's foe, or who's fungus. I want God's best for my life. I'm tired of choosing leftovers. I'm tired of settling for good enough. It seems good enough is the enemy of significant. God didn't make me in his image to settle for good enough. I want God's preferred will, not the low-hanging fruit of his permissive will. A friend of mine, Kyle, texted me the other day that he loves me and he's thinking of me, praying for me. I sent him the text below with no forethought or prior consideration. It's a bullseye. I said, thanks, brother. God has thrown me out of my comfort zone. Changes are coming. I feel like I'm closing out a phase and moving into a new phase. I don't know. Not much detail in the vision. New wineskins, resurrection, retrieving the gold from the old. Ooh, that's good. God has taken me back to pick up some things I left, discarded, forgot, or didn't understand the value of importance of, the value or importance of. I'm retrieving the gold from the old. Eight reasons why it's so hard to really change your behavior. Number one, we're motivated by negative emotions, believe it or not. Remember neuroassociative conditioning says there's two driving forces, the desire for pleasure, the avoidance of pain. Seems like a lot of people are motivated by negative emotions. Anger, shame, fear, regret, guilt, right? It's sad. While it's understandable to think that strongly felt negative emotions like regret, shame, fear, and guilt should be able to catalyze lasting behavior change, the opposite is true. Negative emotions may trigger us to think about everything we're not doing or feel like we're doing wrong, but it's horrible fuel for making changes. Change studies found that 129 behavior changes Studies, listen to this, found that the consistently least effective change strategies hinged on fear and regret. Because what it does is it shuts you down. So you got it. And tomorrow we're going to talk about this as well. Why are goals easier at the beginning and harder to get going? We're going to talk about this. This is an important part. Uh, we're motivated by negative emotions. We're going to really expand on this tomorrow and tomorrow's leadership principle. Number two, we get trapped by thinking fallacies. This is a big one, cognitive fallacies. Feeling overwhelmed by trying to change a behavior tends to foster all or nothing thinking. I'm going to change at all. And if I fail, that means I just can't do it, right? We got to chunk it down. In NLP, we call it chunking down. We got to take a look at the structure of the belief systems surrounding our change. Number three, why is it so hard to change? We, we, we work to eat the entire elephant. You know, the old saying is uh, the best, uh, best way to eat an elephant is uh, bite by bite, Right? Behavior change is a big thing. No matter the behavior, it's almost never possible to take all of it at once. There are layers. Remember, there's logical levels or six levels. We have trauma. We have drama. That's why we got to unpack it. And a lot of people can't unpack it. It's too painful. That's why you need someone like me. You need a life caddy. You need someone like me who can take you through the leadership awakening process that is a process designed to peel back the layers, pull back the pieces, because something you want to change could be consist of 12 different tragedies, uh, 10 different belief systems, uh, five different experiences, two different traumas. Got to unpack it because we only experience life one time, and then we respond to how we coded it, how it's been codifying. Think about it, guys. So number four, we neglect the toolbox. This is one of the reasons for this radio show. If you want to fix your car, you need the right tools. 
you why should changing something about ourselves be any different this is why i teach you all this logotherapy transactional analysis neurolinguistic programming uh, constant never-ending improvement emotional intelligence epigenetics cognitive behavioral therapy this is a show based on science i show you the toolbox the problem is if you don't know the toolbox you think every problem's a nail and if every problem's a nail the only tool you need is a hammer number five we we attempt to change too much we got to chunk it down if you can commit to changing one behavior long term and really make it sick that's commendable sometimes we take on this huge behavior change but it's actually got six eight ten things you gotta break it down chunk it down in NLP we call it chunking down number six we underestimate the process Change is never just one thing. It's a lot of connected things. There's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of trauma. And so sometimes you need someone that knows what they're doing to guide you through it because you're too emotionally involved. Go to likeitmatters.net. Reach out to me. Number seven, we forget that failure is usually given. We want to make a change and fail. You've proven one of the sturdiest truths of behavior change. Failing at least once is part of the process. You got to fail forward. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and hit again and again and again, which brings us to number eight reason why most people don't make change is because they don't make the commitment. If you've never really committed 100%, you don't know what it looks like, sounds like, feels like, smells like, and tastes like. You have no frame of reference. If nothing else, go to likeitmatters.net. You will learn what commitment looks like, sounds like, feels like, smells like, and tastes like. And without commitment, nothing happens. And with commitment, all great things happen. I'm Black, reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.